0: no trauma that you have been through is bigger than Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and his ability to heal you and restore your soul and restore your body to where he would like it to be in order for it to carry out the will of God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because if there are emotions that are keeping us from hearing God, from knowing God, that is in direct opposition to what his, what Jesus prayed. He prayed that we would have eternal life. And that is knowing experiencing the love of God, knowing, intimately knowing the Father and knowing the Son. Right. This world is full of trauma, mm. emotional trauma, physical trauma. And we're trying to figure it out, sort out all the wreckage and the, the, the rubble that we are dealing with. This tool, has I have seen and used by far in the last two years since COVID, it is an amazing tool that can help us sort through, clear out, and and really bring restoration and much faster, much cleaner, much easier. To, mm-hmm. So we can um, be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk out our lives more freely.
1: Thank you for stopping by my podcast, Finding God in Our Pain. Welcome. Hi, I'm your host, Sherry Pilkington. In this podcast, you'll hear firsthand stories of how the God of the Holy Bible meets real people in their real pain. We look at the good God we profess through the lens of pain and suffering. I'm processing the most painful season of my life after unexpectedly losing Larry, my husband of 32 years. In my journey, I've discovered that there are many types of deaths. Maybe you've asked God, how? How could you let this happen? Why me? Where are you, God? Do you even care? What am I supposed to do with my life now? Here at Finding God in Our Pain, we don't shy away from the tough questions. I ask them to my guests. I share what I've experienced. We give real examples of how God shows up in the darkest, most painful situations in life. May the stories that you hear and the advice you receive encourage you to engage the heart of God about your painful places or memories or experiences or even your unmet expectations. Lean in close to God's heart because he speaks beautiful things in the dark. Welcome to part two and the final episode for my discussion with Emotion Code practitioner Eileen Love. In this episode, we'll look at what a typical emotion code session looks like. And I share a little bit about what I've experienced with my session on feeling like I didn't have a voice. And also I share what I've experienced afterward. Eileen tells us why she has a passion to heal those who live with trauma. She talks about how God captivated her heart by redeeming her pain using her journey of trauma, which in turn allowed her to receive the vision God laid before her in the very midst of grieving the loss of her husband, whom she'd been with since I believe she said 18 years old. So when God shared his desire for her to open her home to women with traumatic experiences for the purpose of bringing them into deeper levels of healing, he told her that he would make a way. He would provide the means to renovate and sustain the home for his purposes, and that he has done. I just returned from visiting Eileen's home that she has converted to the Rest and Renewal Ranch and leaving Virginia, where my setting is a combination of rural country and the beach, the ocean, where I'm. 12 feet above sea level and everything here is lush with various shades of green and copious amounts of water everywhere. I was struck by the Arizona beauty for a completely different reason. I was in awe of the size of the Arizona landscape, truly breathtaking. If you take the time to look around instead of look up like I was doing, there are wildflowers growing anywhere, vibrant colors against that rocky backdrop. It reminded me of the beauty in the details. They're all all around us. And we can capture that when we slow down. Eileen's modest home sits in the rugged terrain and vegetation that are typical to Arizona. And when you go inside Eileen's humble home, there is a peace that permeates the space. You're embraced in comfort and her kindness. You feel like you've always known her. And it's times like that when God speaks to my spirit and he says, you tried to put me in a box, Sherry. I'm always in awe with how unassuming God's presence can be. There have been many times when I stand in the presence of God and he's still and he's quiet, set in such a way that I can miss his presence, especially when I'm looking for it in a way that I had defined it should be based on my knowledge and understanding. And I love when he surprises me like that. And he used Eileen as a beautiful example of his hands and feet. And it reminded me of Isaiah 52, seven. And so I looked it up so I would know the whole scripture. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. I thought the contrast between the harsh landscape and her cozy home was similar to how the world can be unyielding, and yet her cozy home felt like a respite, a warm embrace from Jesus in the middle of it all. It just so happened that I visited Eileen on my birthday. So she went out of her way to make me feel loved and special on that day. I agreed to try her fresh goat's milk, and I'm so glad I did. What a delight. It was very creamy. And as she mentioned in the previous episode, she's a massage therapist. So I got a massage. And we also did an emotion code session, which has left me with a deeper peace that no one but Jesus can provide. This is not a faux peace. It is real. It is deep. It is deep. I feel like it has saturated my body with peace in every inch and all the more proof that my body had been holding on to trauma and stress and anxiety. We talked about spiritual gifts and she told me about the history of the ranch that she shared with her husband before his unexpected passing. And at the end of the day we went to the top of the mountain to watch the sunset over the opposing mountains in the west. It was the perfect way to say goodbye to my 50s and begin the first day of my sixties. If you decide to visit the rest and renewal rants, you'll need to reach out to Eileen on her email and her email will be in the show notes, but I can give it to you right now because it's kind of easy to remember. Rest and renewal, all one word, at pm.me. So rest and renewal, if you think about that, sleeping, resting, so that would be the pm part, and then dot .me, you're doing it for me. So rest and renewal at pm.me. Before we jump into the episode, I want to point something out that lingered after our conversation. So allow me to share the discernment that the Lord provided me. In my conversation with Eileen, I was expressing my thoughts on how important it was that you find someone trustworthy when it comes to emotion code therapy. And by trustworthy, I mean a solid Christian, mainly because you're allowing someone into your mental and emotional space. You're giving them access to a core element of who you are. And to me, that is to be taken very seriously because you are entering into a spiritual realm. That is not something that I completely understand, so I want to guard that. I know through Jesus I have power over the works of Satan, but I never want to intentionally allow Satan to have access to me through the spiritual realm. And I've done yoga before because stretching is extremely important to your overall health. Because when you think about physical therapy or chiropractors, it's all about stretching the body. But when I did poses, I would have an internal dialogue with God or say breath prayers to God because he knows our thoughts. And I would tell him that I worship him alone. This pose is for you, Father God. When they do the palms together, I would clasp my fingers in more of like a a childlike prayer. When they ask you to clear your head or relax into Shavasana, I'd recite scripture or I'd invite God to insulate and protect me. I was only there for the stretching practices, not the worship poses, not the practices of another religion. So I kept my focus on the God of the Holy Bible. I say all that to preface this. Eileen had a valid point of not knowing if our physicians are faith-based or if they believe in our God, yet we trust them with surgery on our bodies, and we trust psychologists and psychiatrists with our emotional and mental well-being. So I thought about that, and I'll be the first one to say that we need to be selective about who we allow to have access to us, be it physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So I pondered my process with physicians and other medical personnel. My first acknowledgement was that I am prone to easily give them access because they've gone through strenuous requirements to be in those positions. And yet it cannot be ignored that we all know they're considered to be practicing medicine. So in short, they're practicing on us. Pondering that thought with the Lord reminded me And I haven't always done this, that I pray not only for the doctor I should go to, but once I have a doctor, I pray for him or her. If there is a medical procedure that I need, I pray for the nurses, those who assist. I pray about the equipment and the instruments and the tools. I want them clean. I want them at the fingertips when they're needed. I want equipment that works. I even pray that within the attending medical team, there is no conflict both in personalities nor personal relationships during my medical procedure. So any doctor that I use, whether I know if they serve God or not, I'm confident that God has led me to them and that he will use them to meet the need that I have. So I've used that same process with Eileen. I didn't necessarily go looking for emotion code therapy, but when God had our paths crossed and I began to talk to him about what I was learning, it lined up with my desire to have godly influence when giving someone access to the intimacy of who I am created to be. We live in a world that is so incredibly diverse, extremely diverse. So it's quite a challenge to live a strict Christian life when it comes to who we interact with, who we trust with our safety, our health, et cetera. So ultimately our goal is to pray for discernment in which doctors we could use or should use and to invite God into the services that we receive. Pray over your doctors, pray for your doctors as they administer any type of healing to us. We can't go wrong when we invite God to provide discernment and protection, and then we're responsible to respond to God's leading. So let's get into the episode. A quick recap of part one, it was mainly about how the body is created by God to have its own internal language, how we are created, mind, body, spirit, and how these three parts mesh together in such an intricate way that our body parts hold our experiences, good and bad. So much so, Eileen gave a couple of examples of times when people received transplants and were subject to the original person's life. She also talked about how the body communicates within as well as gives us indication, warning, and alarms when it needs attention, expression, healing. So let's get started on part two. They have an emotional code chart. Can you speak to that?
0: Yeah, this Dr. Nelson got this understanding about emotions, And he was a chiropractor working with the body and and understanding a lot of us who've worked with bodies for a long time, understand, you know, stress, what we hold on to stress, what happens when we have stress, which are emotional pileups, really, Hmm. uh, and how we're handling. We can't seem to figure stuff out. We get a pileup going on of emotions. And so he came up with 60 primary emotions that affect us negatively. You know, there's, of course, a lot more emotions that we can talk about, but these are negative emotions, you might say, like frustration or anger or resentment, fear, you know, things that can really affect our, our physiology, physiology, our bodies and how we are processing and doing life. They can really interfere with us. And then because the body has a way to communicate to us, and really a lot of it's tapping into Understanding and listening to what the body's trying to say. We all know, like, if you get excited, your heart starts to race, right? It's <laughs> so like, woohoo, you know, or like when you get, you get really anxious, you start sweating, you know, or something like that, right? So your body is communicating, and that tells us what to do. It's communicating, right? So there's a, a certain type of way in which we can, you might say, tap into the lower brain stem, which is controlling all of this, which cannot lie. It's the hard drive of the body. It speaks the truth because like saying Dr. Vanderklok, the body keeps the score. It remembers everything from conception to today. Now, thankfully, we don't have to know all that because we're processing stuff with our higher brain, the cerebral cortex stuff. But the lower brain remembers everything because it has this habit of perceiving things that are dangerous if it's had a bad experience and it will warn us to not go near that. So like, for instance, you brought up something very interesting about, even though your your husband had passed, and this is where his car accident was, the body is going, oh, that's not a safe place to go. What is it? Well, that's safe, but the two-year-old, remember the two-year-old brain? Hmm. From a two-year-old point of view, oh, no, no, that's going to hurt you. You're going to get upset emotionally. That's not going to be good for us. Let's just avoid that altogether, okay? Because I don't want you to get upset. Let's not go there. That's about what... What's going on with our lower brainstem? And it's right. It's going, okay, but is it really true that that is dangerous? No, but it's true to what the body thinks, but the body is perceiving it's, it's dangerous. So imagine for a moment, you have a hard drive and a computer, right? Now the hard drive can get corrupted. We call it a corrupted hard drive, right? It can have a, it can get a virus, right? It can it, And and so Something can happen to the hard drive. Well, we all know about computers and software. You've got the best software in the world, but if the hard drive has a glitch, your screen can go black on you, right? Yeah. Oh, what do we do with that? Dr. Nelson put together this chart um, and it's 60 emotions. And he figured out, and we came to understand that, again, emotions are magnetic, all right? They're a magnetic signature. But they don't really want to be in us. The brain, the hard drive, if it could speak for itself, would be like, can we just remove, can we clean the hard drive? Can we clean up the hard drive? Because yes. this is a burden to carry all of this. Getting back to mm. even what I saw, what the Holy Spirit was showing me with these poor Cuban sisters and brothers who were struggling emotionally. Mm. Yeah. Can we can we pull off the rubble off of that? Can we pull out these emotions that are mm. being held in the body, like Dr. Vandercock said? Can, can we take them out of the body? The answer is yes. Yes, we can. And the body will let us, okay, if it perceives and knows that we're there to help it, okay, without mm-hmm. necessarily traumatizing it. So what we do is we have a, a way of like muscle testing. It's a type of testing to test to see if the your body is saying if something is right or wrong. It's kind of a yes, no answer. Is it good or bad? Or is it is it, it or not, right? Yeah. So, what, so what key... Put together is what he called the emotion code imagine each trauma we have you might say a pileup of emotions mm-hmm. and it needs to be decoded it needs to be unraveled how can we unravel it first we pray mm-hmm. we ask god god help us to help this person unravel or take off out of their bodies because this is a these emotions can get stuck or trapped in our bodies yeah and create all kinds of problems with our hearts, heart problems, right? Yeah. Illness. Illness. Physical totally. limitations. Yeah, keeps, our bodies are not happy, right? They can start having all kinds of problems. But we're trained in our in our culture is, well, we just refix the body part. Just take a party or take a pill. We're well, going to take right. a pill. But meanwhile, our bodies are trying to say, no, I'm trying to tell you something. Right. I need to, I need to have this resolved. So it's got this emotional pileup, right? That's creating this really like a dissonance, mm-hmm. static, mm-hmm. like fog in our bodies or like a heavy, dark cloud weighing on us. So, you know, like, or like this pile of rubble, like I was seeing with these people. Mm-hmm. And so we, we look at the body. We pray, we ask God to help us. We, we speak to the body, look, like, we're, we're here to help. Like kind of, we're here to dig out. Does whoever have any trapped emotions related to this particular incident that's still troubling them? Trapped emotions related to this physical pain that we can release. And then one by one, we just release them because they're coming forward. So when we're releasing emotions in people, it's a way that the, kind of like I was saying with the head when I was working with this woman it just wants to be heard. Our bodies are like, I don't understand this. I don't want it, but there's something that didn't get resolved. So these emotions got trapped
1: in our bodies. Can I take the chart and look at that and perceive the talk to my body, invite Holy spirit into the process and, and then discern things. Or am I looking for someone who is intuitive? Cause I, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself intuitive in that regard. Because I feel like I have a hard time hearing the Lord's voice. Now when I do, I'm like absolutely positively sure I've had visions before. I've never heard the audible voice of God. So I don't think I'd lack the ability to hear God, but I wonder about on a consistent basis I I don't hear God, although I know he's speaking all the time. I, I will agree with that.
0: well, you know what's very interesting you bring that up because there's there's a term with the heart called heart rate variability. There's a way in which the heart communicates. Remember, I was saying there's 40,000 neurons. But if you think about these emotions that are in our hearts, these neurons, these neurites, all right, that are charged or supercharged or unable to, to, to figure out, I would call it love deprivation. Because really, what God says to us is that perfect love casts out fear. When mm-hmm. you think about all emotions in general, or what we're trying to figure out is, am I safe, right? It's really about trying to fight fear on some level. Like, am I going to be okay? Whether it's physically or emotionally, Mm -hmm. like on a very basic level, that's what we're we're kind of looking for. But if we have a lot of, I want to call it like fog or a dark cloud or something, we've had a lot of emotional pileups. It can cloud our ability to to hear God or even to see God. Open our eyes of our heart, God. Like, God, I want to see you clearly because it's kind of like, remember when God was healing that one man who was blind and he kind of goes on layers and he he, he touched this you know a spittle on his eyes and he goes well what do you see now well I see men like as trees walking he wasn't seeing clearly but then he does it again and he sees perfectly so to answer your question emotion code is not like limited to just like you know a specialist per se but we all have different we're all gifted in different ways right so emotion code work. It's not, you know, for some people who are, you might know, say, a really left brain versus right brain kind of a thinking. People can learn it. It's out there. It's emotion. The bulk is there. It's very effective. It's all over the world right now. It's a great tool. But the thing that's beautiful about this tool is this. It's not psychotherapy. We are not counseling people. We're psychoanalyzing. We're simply identifying the leftover emotional baggage, the wreckage, the carnage that's left behind, in the in the body of going what just happened because I can't make sense of it and I just need to know am I going to be okay? That's it. It's yeah. that two-year old brain which Dr. Vandercock said, you know what? I can't fix it two-year-old like the brain has this like written on the hard drive, I had worked with the woman who would have been attacked by a big black dog when she was three, okay lit her on the blue cheek and tore her flesh. So she's an adult I can refer to me. And so she comes to see me, and she says, hey, "Like I could be going into a grocery store, my name, my own business, right? Trying to do life." And all of a sudden, I'm like on a near panic attack, and I know that there's probably a black dog, because this is what it does when it has a trauma like that. This two-year-old brain is saying, "If I ever see a black dog, I'm running for my life. I'm going to take you out of danger, because that's my job. I'm going to take you out of danger. So we're going to run, right now." Mm-hmm. It says all black dogs are bad. It's just that simple. It makes these blanket statements. This isn't safe. All black dogs are bad. And she knows this, right? So sure enough, there's some dog and some fact. but her body sees this all from the peripheral vision that she's not even paying attention to, but her body's, oh, we're running, right? What do you do with that? It's a corrupted hard drive, right? What if we could take away the emotions that are associated with that? attack that happened when she was three and clear it out of the hard drive. That's what we do.
1: When I came to you, I didn't necessarily know what emotions were hidden in the body right? or what emotions I was having a problem with. The only thing I could identify was that I felt like, and it was based on trauma in my past. So I knew that there might potentially be a, a, a link and that's what I was looking for when I came to you. But all I could tell you was that I do not feel like I have a voice. I feel like that was taken from me at some point along the way. And I want my voice back. And so as we worked in that area, you brought up emotions. Cause that's another thing I wanted people to understand. What does a session look like? Cause it's very simplistic in my opinion. I was, didn't yeah. know what to expect, but a lot of people might be thinking, you know, some weird stuff goes on or whatever, but it's very simplistic. And, and just my point of saying that I didn't come looking for you to take a certain emotion out of my body or address a certain emotion. I came with the body asking for its voice back. And then we went in and dissected these different emotions. Can you talk about, you know, what it means to process this with Holy Spirit? Because when you and I are working, we pray and invite Jesus in, invite Holy Spirit to speak. We ask God or Jesus, and I use them interchangeably. We ask God, what is going on in this body? And then you talk about emotions, like if an emotion comes up, you have this conversation with the Holy Spirit about, okay, the emotion rejection is coming up and do we need to know more about it? And if it's no, then you're like, well, Holy Spirit, can I please clear, release, it. release this emotion? And And then we say, thank you, Jesus, for releasing that emotion. So the whole process is based on engaging Holy Spirit, Jesus, and God. And so that was comforting to me. And I can honestly say that the result that I had from that is I got my voice back. I'm very excited about that because it, it, that was huge for me. I felt like the what God was calling me to do in my life, I was being hindered because I could not walk it out fully. And then there's something else where I wanted you to explain, and that is the processing period. Talk about that.
0: Well, the word talks about us being a container, right? Like a vessel or a vessel. In our vessel, we have these emotions, this static, you might say, these, uh, these negative emotions but are creating dissonance, and they're they're blocking Holy Spirit really from having His way in us in the temple. Our mm-hmm. temples are kind of messy, right? They're not they're not able to hear correctly. They're not able to process correctly on a spiritual level, on a soul level, on you know to be able to communicate with others clearly because we have this baggage, baggage. So. <laughs> I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes when I'm traveling, I overpack. I stuff everything in there. (laughs) I don't need all of it. It's kind of like, well, what happens when you get stuffed or or when we eat too much? Thanksgiving and we're just stuffed. Really what we're doing is like our bodies have had all kinds of memories and our hearts hold on to these memories. Our bodies hold on to these memories. And each, each of them having, you might say, their own story with emotional baggage attached to it. Well, after a while, we can get pretty full about that as we get older and older and older we have all this like whoa 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 right that's like a trash can and sooner or later you gotta dump the trash even you could push it down all day, as, much, as much as you want but eventually you gotta take the trash out because it starts to stink so what we're really only doing in this situation it's like when you do a google search on your computer you want to ask a question us as, as to and the more specific you are you're looking for something you type it in with that specific thing. And the, the closer you, the better results you'll get, the more specific you are. So what we're doing is we're, we're specifically asking related to this problem that we're having with, you know, maybe the fear of going out into large groups. You know, when I'm in a large group, I have a lot of fear. I don't even know why I'm afraid in a large group. I just don't, That when I get into a large group, I'm afraid. Are there any trapped emotions in there? I'll say, okay, so let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to show us are there any trapped emotions that are blocking us from being able to go into a large group or whatever that is. And I'll get a yes or no answer from Holy Spirit. And then I go through this chart and I say, God, show me on this chart. So the first emotion we remove might be anxiety. Oh, do I need to know more about the anxiety? No. So I just say in the name of Jesus, we're going to release that, that emotion. Okay. So, and then in this emotion, We'll go to the next one. But in the name of Jesus, all power is the name of Jesus. So from the emotion code standpoint, as a practitioner, I'm dealing with Jesus and we're dealing with him being the healer. And really our bodies want to be healed and all life comes from him. In him, we live and move and have our being. He wants us to be whole. He wants to deliver us from these emotional emotions that are trapping us under rubble because Mm -hmm. it's in our bodies and our bodies don't know how to get rid of it. But God does, and the Holy Spirit knows. And he doesn't want us to have them either. So I'm sort of like an interpreter or a, you know intercessor who's the worker who's just pulling off the, the emotions. So as we go through the chart, God's like, this is the next emotion, this is the next emotion. And believe it or not, some of these emotions may not even be ours because we can absorb them from others.
1: You can inherit them.
0: You can inherit them. You can get them in the womb. Yeah,
1: that's that whole life at conception.
0: Yeah, you can get it from your mom. That's where a lot of, you know, when I had motion code works on myself, after reading the book and understanding it, I'm like, I would like to go to a practitioner and see how this works. Because I want to see, I'm a strong believer. I've worked with people, I've worked with trauma for years. But how does this work exactly? What does this feel like? I want to know. And so I went to a practitioner. And believe it or not, I had, several emotions that I inherited from my mother that were hers. And many I absorbed while even being in the womb because she had trauma in the womb Mm -hmm. with me. And when I got released, all I can say is I felt like my heart was like, you know what, shrink wrap and you could shrink me by something, you know, like, like, through Amazon. I got, I got a pillow not too long ago from Amazon and it was shrink wrapped in this really tight shrink wrap. And I, and I cut off the shrink wrap and shoo, you know, the pillow just expands, right? So cool. I love it. So, and, but honestly, Sherry, that's exactly how my heart felt. Wow. I felt like all of a sudden, physically, the shrink wrap had come off my heart. I could feel my heart expand in my body. I felt so much lighter. I felt so much better. At one point when she was working on me, and she's not telling me the emotions she's releasing, but, and I'm just relaxing on this massage table, I have my head face down, I'm like, kind of, it's like, almost like sleepy. And all of a sudden, I went, I jumped, like people that get defibrillated. I'm like, what just happened? I was startled, but I had no connection. What did you just do? And she said, oh, we just released panic. I said, Panic. Where, when, how, what?
1: So she wasn't talking you through the process like you do me or your clients? Because I prefer that.
0: Some people, when they're going through each emotion, like they're taking those stones off of you, right? Mm -hmm. They'll say, okay, this is fear. This is anxiety. This is sorrow, whatever. And they don't necessarily have to know what you're doing. But, but when I'm doing it, I'll sometimes ask the person, okay, do they want to know each emotion as I'm talking about it? Otherwise, Mm -hmm. just when I'm on the phone with somebody, it's like dead airspace. Like, are you still there? Mm -hmm. You know, they don't know what I'm doing. So when I'm talking on the phone, I do it out loud, you know, but when I'm with the person in person, I'll ask them, "Do do you want to hear or do you want just to relax? And most of the time, they don't want to know. They just want to lie there and, you know, let me release them one by one. And Because they just want to relax. And it's very relaxing to have this, these emotions taken away. And then I'll show them at the end what we release. And if I need to clarify something, I will.
1: Part of that process is when you can't clear it, you ask Holy Spirit if you can clear it and you do not get permission to clear it. And then your your next question is, do we need to know more about it? So there's where you go into the definition, and if that's not enough, there's more. I appreciate you talking me through that because I would feel yeah, I don't think I could relax unless I knew that there was okay. a process going on.
0: Like this experience where the panic came, I'm like, wait a minute, what was that? Because something physically happened to me and I had and I started getting a little teary. And and yet I had no connection to it whatsoever. I didn't know what it was. I didn't feel it. I didn't feel the emotion of panic. Mm -hmm. but my body jumped and I was like, what? So, but that was the emotion of panic Mm -hmm. that was trapped in my body. And that confirmed some other work I've had done as far as knowing that because I work with people in their bodies and working with people, I have to be clean and clear myself, right? So that Mm -hmm. I can be a clean vessel to work with people and be filled with the Holy Spirit.
1: What okay. is the processing period? What does that mean?
0: Okay, so we take out the, the, the clothes out of the suitcase. We take out this extra stuff. But if you think about it, there's sort of like, it has to resettle. The suitcase has to, settle, in a sense, it has to get reorganized. You reorganize your suitcase, right? You reorganize things. Well, emotionally, when we, these things come off of us or come out of us, our bodies have to adjust a little bit. Whoa, wow, so well, that feels better. Oh yeah. You know, it's not sort of like we've ever done a detox, but the thing that's nice about emotional detox, you know, these emotions being taken out, sometimes there can be a period of time where our bodies have to like readjust
1: mm-hmm. to not
0: having that. And believe it or not, some people can get very comfortable with negative emotions. This is just how I am. This is the way it is. Life is tough. Deal with it. Well, I don't think that's the posture of Jesus. I don't think that's what Jesus walked around. We were being conformed to his image, Right. So yeah. sometimes it can take, you know, usually just a few days, usually the most of the time, it takes a few days to process things, you know, so.
1: I know my first session with you, we went through like, what was it, like 20 emotions that we removed. Yeah. And so you asked Holy Spirit, how many days would it take for me to process and you said five. And so the fifth day, I just spent time talking to the Lord throughout the day about that. Lord, thank you. And just saying, is there anything else that I need to do? Does does the body need to tell me anything else? That kind of thing. Just general light conversations throughout those five days. And, And I didn't really feel anything different. But on the sixth day, something released. And I was like, wow, Lord, that's amazing to me. Thank you. I didn't really recognize it that my voice had been given back. I didn't make that direct connection. I felt better. I felt more comfortable. And then lo and behold, I got a task. I wouldn't say I got assigned for a task, but I volunteered for it, but didn't think about the fact that the communications position would also include social media. And if you know me, you might get seven or eight posts from me in a year. And it has typically to do with my grandchildren. And so as I began to do this class reunion posting. I didn't want the reunion to turn out horrible because of me, because I dropped the ball. So I started doing all these posts, doing these videos and all this stuff. And I'm horrified by doing a video. I don't like that. That was like horrible to me, which was one of the reasons I looked for help in releasing my voice or getting my voice back. And I, I was like, maybe four or five videos in, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so comfortable. And I am actually enjoying this process. And that was not something that was enjoyable to me at all. As a matter of fact, in my social media post, you would have never caught me on a video. I don't think you can ever find one that I put myself in because I was not comfortable. So I just want to say that in that processing period, it was still very calm, nothing unusual. And then on that sixth day, it was like it dropped in where I felt something change, but even then did not realize that until, I don't know, a couple of weeks later when I realized I had done some videos and I was comfortable. I'm not saying they were perfect or anything or that, you know, I looked like a movie star or made sense when I did them, but I just felt so comfortable. Wasn't worried about the fact that one or two times I was filming, they, you know, people were looking up my nose. How, how enjoyable is that for them? I don't know. So anyway, that was not a horrible thing to me because otherwise I'd have been horrified. I looked one time, my hair was sticking up on one side and I'm like, well, so would sticking up on one side. Yeah. So that was freedom for me. That was Absolutely. pure freedom.
0: There for you me. go. I love that. That's the word right there. Christ came, just set us free, yeah. set us free. And we don't even know sometimes what we don't know, right? We don't know that these emotions were blocking you. And so as God is calling us forward to be his ambassadors in this world, to be his representatives, right? This is what I find so exciting about this, but I call this the laser tool because it's quick. You don't have to relive the trauma. We're only, in fact, I ask people to not even tell me necessarily what happened to them. We're like, in your case, we just want to, if you have a problem, let's just find out. Let's just ask the Lord and ask the body. What is it that's in the way? The word tells us to run the race with endurance, laying aside every encumbrance that easily entangles us, right? So The Lord, he's the God of sanctification, spirit, soul, and body. He wants these things out of our way, Sherry, so that we can be effectively ministering for him, for his glory, right? For his purposes, Mm -hmm. right? So so this is an amazing tool that can be used that can easily and safely and non-traumatically release, you know, emotions for us that are blocking us. And I love the way you shared how it's so gentle. And mm-hmm. so, like imperceivable, really. But yeah. like what we notice is how you feel afterwards. In fact, very interestingly, when my husband had an emotion code session, which I was very excited when he we first had this. Before, I said, "Honey, look, you're the one who got me into this, and I want you to try this. We're going to go to a professional. We're going to go to a practitioner, okay, who has experience, who's who's licensed, you know? Or I or should say, we're actually certified. We're not called licensed, but we're certified emotion code practitioners, okay? So, so he goes which for my husband is huge, huge. This is what he's telling me later. Cause I asked, how did you go? So he's telling me this, he goes, and so I'm driving to Costco and I'm in the parking lot and I'm in the truck and I'm about to get out. And I'm like, what is this that I'm feeling? Something has changed. But what is it that I'm, I'm, I'm... he goes, oh, I know what it is. I feel calm. He says, the last time I felt calm was when I broke my ribs in 2005 and I had valium. So I actually feel calm. I'm like, wow. Now, is that amazing? He didn't know what calm felt like. He was so used to being, stress was just part of his, because mm-hmm. suppress all these feelings and keep them down. And then whew, they get released. That's the most common thing that people say. I feel lighter. Yeah. I feel calm. Yeah. The peace of Christ then can begin to rule our hearts because he wants to rule. He wants to be able to work through all this stuff, but a lot of baggage in there.
1: It's true, that calm and that peace. And it's a good point that you made, too, that you don't need to know the details of their life or what has happened surrounding emotions that you brought up unless there's you need more clarity. And then even then you would ask me. Does this make sense to you? You think about the situation, because I said one time, okay, I got two situations that I feel like what you're saying could pertain to. And you said, okay, well, think of one and let's ask Holy Spirit if that's it. And on occasion, it would be that one, or I would have to put that aside and, and think of something else that I also thought might pertain, and then it would be that one. So it's interesting that you don't need to know the details of what surrounded my trauma. And so if for a privacy purpose, if somebody feels like I can't let anybody know what happened, like I can't tell names or I can't divulge certain information, it's not that the practitioner needs to know that. And so that's good. Can emotion code work, help people with addictions?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a really good question because when it comes to addictions, I like to think about addictions as being like, well, where'd they come from in the first place? Now, kind of like this idea of let's just look at the heart for instance when I mean, we were talking before about the guy who gets the young woman's heart you know who now loves his and the lattes <laughs> and no. cream, right? by the way <laughs> an older woman got a young man's heart and she loved burgers and beer so you can go either okay. way. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> so here's, and here's <laughs> here's one that's a kicker can i get this one this was in dr pearson's notes okay now this one is it, it's tied to this addiction story and honestly it's a mystery, but I want to share this because it's very profound. Okay. This woman, who's a stout lesbian, feminist lesbian, right, gets a heart transplant, okay, from a young woman who had who had who was straight. Okay. She gets this woman's heart, and now she doesn't know why. She she's not attracted to women at all. She doesn't know what that's all about. And so she's confused. Right. As to how that could now have changed. And on top of that, this woman's heart that she got was a vegetarian to the max, a diehard vegetarian, doesn't eat any meat or anything. And her brother is commenting in the notes, this doctor's notes, because he got confirmation from this woman's brother. Okay. Who said she was, a, you know, diehard McDonald's fan. She was a McDonald's. She can't stand meat now. Can't stand meat. And she, and she does not like women. She doesn't, what is that? That, that, so addictions, what are we talking about? It's not just emotions, right? It's not just the emotions and addictions were are going, right? I wish I could say that's true, you know, because right. it's a tool. Because yeah. more to addictions than that, you know? But it's a tool to understand, to find out, are there any trapped emotions that are related to this addiction? When we think about addictions, we're looking for love, we're looking for satisfaction, we're looking for, but, you know, out of the heart, you know, comes all these, Longings, right? That, by the way, is a emotion that we deal with. Longing, that can be like, what is it that we're longing for? But whatever that strong pull is towards something, what if we release that and we, there was a shift? So perhaps it's a way in which we can, you know, it's not the, the cure all. I wish you could say cure everything, but honestly, it has a lot to do with releasing the emotions opens the door, you might say, clears the air, can clear the way for the person to be set free.
1: Because I think of addictions along the same line as coping with things you cannot handle in your life. So maybe if you're an overeater or, I don't know, you spend too much money, I was curious to know if you address something going on that's deeper and you remove those emotions, I wondered if the addiction or that coping skill would either lessen or disappear? It was just a thought I had because it seems like it would work.
0: I haven't done a lot of work with emotion code in with addictions, people who are addicted. But that being said, there are a lot of people who I've worked with who I would say they are stuck. And when we are stuck, we can turn to other things to numb numb ourselves because it's too painful to deal with the emotions that we're dealing with and when we get a bunch of emotions piled up together sherry we can no longer discern what it is we're feeling we're just shut down okay. you know that yeah. fight or flight response that the autonomic nervous system puts us in that can fight or flight it can escalate to the point where you get frozen and mm-hmm. you just are stuck right and so this is a beautiful tool that can we can Can unravel or take away all this emotional baggage that is keeping us from being able to process our hearts or life, or what even Mm -hmm. what God is trying to do in our lives to help us deal with the addiction because we're afraid of what's going to happen if, you know, dot, dot, dot. And that I want to bring up something that's important here. Mm -hmm. This isn't like waving a magic wand and I'm going to release this emotion and then it's going to be able to be erased because. If the person is still holding on to the emotion for whatever reason, I can't release it. So you look at Jesus when he went to the man who was at the pool of Bethesda, all right? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. He asked him, you know, do you want to be well? There are some people who can learn or hold on to their problems, all right, or their traumas, and that becomes their identity. Well, that's just what happened, and that's the way I am. It's the way it is and if I go to try to release okay I, this emotion comes up of um you know let's just say it's it's the one that's coming up to mind right now is betrayal okay well I was betrayed for this it was just you know and there, it's a raw deal and, blah, 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 and I didn't do anything wrong and they did blah, 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 you know and they can hold on to that so I the question can I release it no I can't do we need to know more about it Yeah, and so what can happen sometimes is I, the body won't release something that the person, the soul, is still holding on to because they're Mm -hmm. attached to it. It's attached. Interesting. But this is what's interesting about emotion code work. It can identify where you're stuck. Okay, there's a betrayal that you're still holding on to. Mm -hmm. That person betrayed me. Okay, well, you know, as I look at that, I can say, well, in the Holy Spirit, when we look at what Jesus did at the cross the beautiful thing, what Jesus did at the cross, he took every single sin, and every single result of sin, because Mm -hmm. in the night that he was betrayed, he took the cup. That's what he said. The Holy Spirit brings that out in the Word. He could have used a lot of other emotions to describe what he went through that night. Why was that important? This betrayal is one of the worst emotions Mm -hmm. that we can experience as human beings. That and abandonment, which is another emotion that shows up in emotion field. These things are very, very damaging to us as human beings. Satan knows this, which is why he he rubs it in and, and accentuates it and wants us to never get over it. Jesus already paid for that emotion. He bore the grief and sorrow of that emotion so that we can be set free. We just have to bring it together. We just have to identify what it is. Let Jesus take that betrayal for you because he already took it for you on the cross. He Mm. crucified that betrayal so that you can be set free from the grief and sorrow that's holding us back from it. How beautiful is that? Jesus has done it all. He's taken on every single sin of the whole world for every single thing that's ever happened to you or me or anyone in the world, no matter how awfully tragic it is. That Mm. is the beauty of the gospel and the beautiful, beautiful truth of Jesus Christ of what he has done for us to set us free. Amen. It came to set us free. So this is a tool that's simply helping, you might say, bring it to life. Take away these things and let him. So if betrayal shows up and we realize, oh, you know what? I, I guess I haven't been wanting to let that go. Well, maybe it's because we're we're afraid if we do, then it's it's not it's not giving it the attention it deserves because it was a wrong. Well, yeah, that's true, but. According to what scripture says, Jesus took all those wrongs on the cross. He took every single one of those wrongs and nailed them to the cross. That's what it says, that they were put on the cross. These things Mm -hmm. that were hostile, that were negative. He he put them all there. He took that all upon himself and he killed it. He crucified it so that we don't have to live with it anymore. Because it's too hard for us to live with that emotion. It's too hard.
1: I think that's one of the things that we miss as Christians, we miss out on so much of is the gravity, the immenseness of what God did on the cross. And we can walk in so much more joy and freedom and peace and truth. And, and, but yet we pass it up because we don't either think it makes sense. We don't deserve it. I don't know, whatever the reason is when in fact it's Absolutely. what we would probably say insane that we can do that that yes. we can yes. lift our head under the weight of our bad yes. choices or what's been done yes. to us and we can still have joy because of what God did on the cross, what Jesus did on the cross. Right. So how can someone know that they are getting a Christian emotion code practitioner are are they identified that way? Because I was looking through the internet to see what I could find knowing this conversation was coming up with you. and there was one who did not specifically say they were Christian, but they quoted scripture. And yet they talked about enlightenment and crystals and energy healing. And those words are red flags for Christians. So how can we find someone who is safe, such as yourself?
0: Well, that's a really good question. You know, I, as a massage therapist for, you know, 23, three, four years now, people say the same thing to me as a massage therapist. They don't want someone touching them, not knowing Who these people are, where they're coming from, their energy. Because in reality, yeah, we all carry energy. We subconsciously can even go through a grocery store and gravitate towards one cash, one checker. We don't, and on a conscious (laughs) level, we don't know what we're doing, but we can, if we were to analyze it, we can say, oh, that person over there, they look like they're in a bad mood. And your body's going, oh, we're not going to that one right (laughs) we're going to go over here again always looking for safety always looking for what's comfortable right we just sort of naturally gravitate so as christians we want to be careful okay who we are letting into our space who we're letting you might say you know work on our bodies and in this Mm -hmm. case work on our you know emotions and releasing them okay Mm -hmm. so you know it's sort of like going to a doctor or going to a practitioner that you go to was your is your doctor a christian would you go to a non-Christian doctor? Well, maybe. Yes or no. Now, doctors have power. You might say they are going to maybe prescribe something. They're going to do. They're going to run procedures. Are they listening to Holy Spirit? Are they doing what's right? You know, these are really good questions to ask because we want the Holy Spirit to be leading us and guiding us to the right people. So, for me, I, I, I'm seeking out always to find. People who are led by the Holy Spirit and walking with God. And I'm praying who to go to as far as the best ones who would who I know will do the work that God would be asking them to do. So emotion code work is like any other healing modality. It has merit in and of itself. But but as a Christian, and we're using the tool as a Christian. I am, I am honestly bringing Holy Spirit into the, into the story. The doctor who put it together, he always said we start by asking God mm-hmm. for wisdom and for understanding because he himself learned that all healing actually comes from God. And he says to give credit where credit is due. So every practitioner who is licensed or is, is certified, rather, as a emotion code practitioner, all we all learn the same things. We, we have to ask God to show us and it's God who does the healing and our bodies are responding to that. So Dr. Nelson's very clear about that from the very beginning. This is not something that we are doing. It's not something that each practitioner is doing in themselves because mm-hmm. only God can, can bring healing and he gives God the glory. He gives God that honor and understands it. So I think that's a precious thing to know, but that's where this yeah. came from. It was a download that God gave this man. And mm-hmm. I thank God for that because yeah. it is an amazing tool. There are a lot of doctors along the in the in, in the years who have gotten penicillin or things like that. They've gotten these downloads from God, right? Mm-hmm. But and they might give it glory to God. But were they Christians? Maybe not.
1: It's just like anything that God says is good. Satan wants to come along and distort it to some degree. So people attach themselves to things that don't have the same intention that God does for it. And so I guess that's just one way to be cautious about who you consult on things like emotion code. And I agree with you about the massage because I had to tell a one therapist, massage therapist one time, do not be doing any energy healings. She didn't ask me if she could do an energy healing on me, but she was talking about it and how important it was and that she was trained in that. And I just said, do not put energy healings on me, over me. Do not speak anything but the name of Jesus. So what we're getting at here is there is no particular Christian emotion code practitioner uh, guide where you can find them. It's just a matter of maybe interviewing emotion code practitioners and discovering who their healer is is what are they calling on are they calling on the the power of a crystal or are they calling on the power of god
0: i worked in the allopathic world for many years you know as i told you i was it worked in the er and and great great doctors i worked with great nurses great very skilled surgeons and physicians and so forth now they didn't know jesus all right but they did great work they did great healing do they call on the name of god when they help them do it probably not if I never go to the ER, if I are you a Christian ER, or, right, like, or yeah. what? You're right. So, 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 I just want to like put that out there that God wants to to He's got a compassion and mercy. Mm-hmm. He wants to bring healing to our bodies. Do you see a psychotherapist? Do you not? Do you? Well, now we have Christian psychotherapists that can help maybe sort out emotions and help us to deal with different things and counselors and things like that. So, so it's important that we as believers, we as as, as those that know who God is and we go by his word, the closer we can gather, the more at least I'll speak for myself. the more I can feel comfortable with someone who I know is is going to be listening and working with God, the easier it is and it's so interesting because as a massage therapist, God called me into doing massage. I never advertised my what I do and because it was a calling, but when I got into doing it, God sent me all these people he sent me people. So did I only work on Christians? No. I worked on unbelievers. But even in that time, God was working and using me as an instrument to speak his love to them, mm. bring healing. Yeah. So so all, all I'm trying to say here is that the actual tool of emotion code work is a valid tool in and of itself without being a Christian per se to use it. But you know, I can say for myself, having had a lot of experience working with people in trauma and having the Holy spirit and being very intuitive and very gifted in the area that I give glory to God in, because this is how he made me. And he allowed all these things to happen in my life. So he could use these different things I have been through to not only heal me, but to bring, you know, redemption to the story, mm-hmm. to prove the love of God that no trauma. This is what I really want the takeaway for your your, your audience to understand no trauma that you have been through is bigger than Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and his ability to heal you and restore your soul and restore your body to where he would like it to be in order for it to carry out the will of God. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because if there are emotions that are keeping us from hearing God, from knowing God, that is in direct opposition to what what Jesus prayed. He prayed that we would have eternal life. And that is knowing, experiencing, the love of God, knowing intimately, knowing the Father and knowing the Son. Right. This world is full of trauma, mm. emotional trauma, physical trauma, and we're trying to figure it out, sort out all the wreckage and the, the the rubble that we are dealing with. This tool has I have seen and used by far in the last two years since COVID. It is an amazing tool that can help us sort through, clear out, and and really bring restoration. And much faster, much cleaner, much easier. To, so we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk out our lives more freely.
1: You have such a heart for women to heal them or to come alongside them and help them through their trauma. And I do know because I'm going to have the opportunity to visit you, but that you're putting the final touches on your Arizona ranch renewal. Tell us a little bit about this concept of a place for women to go to heal.
0: I'm kind of glad that the Lord doesn't give us the whole package up front, you know, because the steps, thing. like I think about like all what Joseph went through in the Bible, he didn't understand why he had to be sold into slavery and then learn another language and be treated the way he was. And God pulls him out to, little does he know, he's using, going to use him to help save the world in a lot of ways you know, yeah. from, from famine. And so, you know, when my husband passed in 2021, he actually died of a heart infection. And not surprising because he had so much trauma and hurt in his heart. A very hearted man. So when he passed, I was shocked. It was a complete and total shock because he was kind of a healthy guy and very much a, a man, man. So after processing this a bit and then letting the Lord help me through the grief, had a lot of Christians who've known me for a long time and come alongside and help me and be there for me, which was great. But out, what came out of all this is is interesting because years ago, I think I mentioned in my previous podcast that, you know, I felt my my marriage had been broken because of all the trauma. and I always thought God would heal my husband. But one day it was just like, he's going to heal, heal my husband, you know? Yeah. And I had this advice given to me by a a, a, a Christian man, an elder who I did, was praying for me. And I had asked him to pray for myself and my marriage. And, and he said, you know I'm just wondering, maybe you might want to ask God, what is it that you see And then ask God what he sees in your marriage. like what is it that you're seeing? Because all I could see was broken. In fact, my husband had a, a wedding band and he it got his fingers got swollen one time and so he had to take it off cut it off. Hmm. so his ring was actually cut and sitting on the side of the sink. And every time I saw that ring sitting there, broken like that I'm like yep that's about right it's broken it's not whole and I would break my heart because I would wanted yeah. to be able to share and share the word with him so I said okay so I, I so I said Lord okay when I see my marriage I see broken and I'd see that ring right what do you see and he said I see redeemed hmm. and I thought hmm. at first I thought that's a lame answer Right. Lord, that doesn't do anything for me. We're all redeemed. Right. And so what does that mean? Like that, how does that help the story is what I'm thinking. I had to just let it go and go, okay, Lord, you know, whatever. I think you're going to redeem it sometime. You're gonna, he's going to come around, right? He's going to, he's going to get an epiphany. He's going to be healed. He's going to get a revelation, a deeper of God's healing and, and he's going to be okay. No, he dies. So I'm like, okay, this does not add up. This is so not adding up. Right? Oh my gosh. Right. But during this time of like healing and letting the Lord speak to me, I realized that what he has done and what he wanted me to do is what we're doing here on this podcast. He wants me to get the message out there to other women (laughs) that the Lord is our healer. Our circumstances might not change, but that he can redeem it and restore our souls. That's incredible yeah i can't even put that into words i can't even explain that but i've lived it Mm -hmm. i'm now living it hasn't even been two years since my husband passed and the restoration he has done to my soul and my heart i can't even begin to tell you we're going to redeem this Mm -hmm. because i want you to open up your home to women who have had trauma and they are trying to process all of this they can't get out from under the rubble right they're buried under, under the rubble how do we not just survive, but how, how can we thrive? How can we become overcomers through Jesus and overcome trauma? Right, yeah. How do we do this? So so that's what he's saying. And you, my sweet daughter, my beloved bride, are going to open up your home and you're going to help women walk through this and, and help them. So that's, that's what I've, I'm working on right now is getting my home ready. It's going to be called Rest and Renewal Ranch. Allowing people to come stay here, whether it's a day, you know, a few days, you know, a week, whatever, and and we'll, we'll kind of work it out, whatever the Lord wants to do.
1: It's going to be a beautiful process. I can't wait to see how it's unfolding. You're getting ready to put the finishing touches on it. And it will be exclusive, meaning you won't see advertisements for it. You will not have a public phone number. You will provide an email. And if somebody wants to know about this ranch, then they'll have to contact you directly and you work it out one-on-one as to how what that looks like, how that happens, and that kind of thing. So if you're interested in connecting with Eileen, look in the show notes for her contact info. And definitely reach out to her. She is a source of God's beauty. Her obedience to God's instruction, giftings, is a gift to others. I have benefited immensely from the fact that she is obedient to God's calling on her life. And I know that anyone who comes in contact with her will also benefit the same. Eileen, is there anything else left that you want to share before we close today?
0: I want to leave people with the word hope. Mm-hmm. hope, hope is a very precious word that yeah. the Holy Spirit can give us. Because I think when you've tried a lot of different things and you haven't gotten the results you're looking for, they can feel just like, like oh yeah, this is just one more thing. Yeah. One more thing I'm going to try. It's not going to work for me though. It's not going to work on me. <laughs> it's one of the beautiful things I've actually seen as God told me to become certified as an emotion code practitioner. And to get the, the training and the certification because he's the, this is a tool that I actually believe I came from him and I I'm smiling because it's so it's simple yet. It's so peaceful. It's not invasive. It's not, you're going to find out all this about me and expose it. This isn't about unveiling or stripping a person's privacy because you know, we've all had sin. We've had things done to us that were not right. And, and we don't want others to know. I don't have to know. This is not about disrobing and disclosing. It's really about removing the emotions that are blocking your relationship with God and with others. Being able to be loved by God and loving others. That's what we're called to do. And Jesus has given me and has opened up this opportunity for me to use a tool amongst the other tools that I've had, you know, that he's given me and giftings to to really help us know him and to have hope that even in the world that we're living in right now, as dark as it is, The Lord, it's not darker than Jesus. It's not darker Mm -hmm. than his power. And he wants to set you free.
1: God has the power, the authority, the ability to pierce the brokenness of this world and the brokenness that's on, that has attached itself to our life and bring his peace, his joy, his contentment. Because as believers, one thing we can count on is that with Christ, redemption is guaranteed. He's not going to leave you hanging. If he allows something in your life, then it's because he has a plan of redemption for that. And to me, this is one of the avenues that I have used. I've used other types of therapy, professional psychologies, and theophostic counseling. And this right here has been a beautiful process. So Eileen, thank you so much for your time, your energy, your devotion to God, your love healing others from trauma. Thank you so
0: much. Thank you for having me and letting me be able to speak. I have a beautiful picture on my wall of this hand that's going through the water. And the picture is taken from the water underneath as If you're looking at the hand coming up, like you're going to grab. And it's Jesus standing on the water and he's putting his hand down into the yeah. water to pull up. In fact, if anyone wants a picture of that, I will send it to you. Um, yeah just contact my email but that's the picture of like we can be underwater feel like you know what I'm drowning I, yeah. there's no hope for me you don't know how messed up I am when you're not too messed up for Jesus to pull you out so I'm just saying that's what God is saying to the people who are listening and thank you for letting me g- give that invitation from Jesus to whoever's listening there's hope for you there's hope for you
1: I think there is a purpose for God to give you the last name of love
0: oh right. My first name is actually Donna and my middle name is Eileen. And when I got saved, I, I actually never really liked my name, Donna. I always liked my middle name, Eileen more. So when I was in my forties and I was getting ready to go to massage school, my husband said to me, which is, I think, totally the Holy spirit. And he just said, you know, honey, you know, you've been, we were looking at moving to Arizona and I was going to go to massage school. And then we were going to move to Arizona. And he goes, you know, you always wanted to be Eileen, why don't you start over? Why don't you start your name as Eileen when you go to school? That's your name. It's just your middle name. And then that way, all your licensing, when you, you know people see it, and everyone in Arizona will know you as Eileen. So I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. I'd love that if I could be called Eileen. Well, Eileen means light. And during my healing process here in Arizona and different things that God has done in going back and having to work with my child and my part that I cut off that I didn't want any association. I'm like, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm going to leave the past behind, press to what lies ahead. And God showed me through, you know, as I matured in Christ and as I, you know, being more and more sanctified that, you know, Donna is important. Like my childhood, like my thoughts, my feelings, all these things I've been talking about, you know, like Donna, you just like buried her alive. You just sort of like put her aside. And she doesn't matter. I never meant for you to bury her like tonight. Never address like that little child of yours, that little part of your voice that you know really is a part of you that you never have allowed to develop because it's a part of your soul that you've cut off. I mean, this was a hard thing I had to work out as a Christian. Like, really, Lord, are you serious? You're telling me, yeah, because you're broken there. And I love all of you, and your soul is broken, and I came to restore your soul. So, so he has brought wholeness, but but Donna means lady. So my name lady means light. Lady Light Love. Uh-huh. Now, is that totally God? Like That is God. I mean, wow, what a gift to be even thinking I could wear that and yeah. own that name from the Lord. Yeah. That's the name he gave me. So that's a beautiful thing in itself.
1: Just a, another example of God's intimacy and the yeah. fact that he is purposeful and he thinks yes. things through. Everything yes. is intentional.
0: Absolutely. Hallelujah.
1: Thanks so much. Again, take it easy. Thank you.